listening to the Street Center Podcast. And welcome in, folks, to another edition of the Street Center Podcast. I am your host, Noah Taluki. And joining me, finally, a co-host for the first time since probably the beginning of the school year with Paul and Dresden, it's freshman Brendan Kantz. Brendan has expressed interest a lot in joining the Streak Center podcast, and I'm very, very happy to have him on. And he's a, he, he's a bright a guy who is a bright part of the bright future of this podcast and a guy that I think could really uh, be one of the guys who could take this over. So, Brendan, it is an absolute pleasure pleasure for you to be on and i cannot wait to talk some yeah. jcu sports with you thank you Noah. It's, i'm super super excited to get started here i mean i really appreciate the wise words from jcu legend like yourself um but yeah i'm just super excited to get going super excited to talk jcu sports and yeah we also have Danny Gibble, fellow freshman in here. He's shadowing for us this this week of Streak Center. We're hoping to have him on in the next week or so as well. Just kind of seeing how we uh, how we operate here. I know Brendan and Owen Gerba were uh, were shadowing last week, and just uh, some of the other guys. Uh, we're just trying to get into the mix in um, nearly the coming months for for this podcast that we I love bringing you guys each and every week. And of course, follow us on Twitter at Streak Center JCU as well. So we'll, we're just going to get right into it. Men's basketball winning a big one over Heidelberg, 91-82. And then the week before, on January 27th, they beat Capital 73-65 in a game that was really close from the beginning. But the Blue Streaks were luckily able to pull it out in the end. But this was a game that was like 56-54, and it kept going back and forth at one point. Coach Damon Goodwin and company at Capital. They know how to coach against the Blue Streaks, and there is not a coach in basketball in the OAC that does better with less talent and, and has had more results than Damon Goodwin at Capitol. So no surprise that that game was back and forth. But then the Heidelberg game, 91-82, I mean, you get 29 points from Luke Chacon on the road, a team that Mount Union couldn't beat on the road. Remember, they lost to Heidelberg in Tiffin back in, I believe, late November. So, um, so Brennan, I mean... This is this. These are two solid road wins. Any road win in the OAC is good. I don't care what team it is. I think any road road win is good. And back to back, eighteen and two, Blue Streaks just keep rolling. Huge, and I mean, especially down the stretch here with, I mean, this little gauntlet, JCU basketball is going through, um, especially against Heidelberg, a team that, like you said, beat Mount earlier this year. Going down to Tiffin, and I mean, that's a going to be a tough, tough atmosphere to play in. Um, especially with being number seven in the country, having that target on your back of, of course, they want to beat you. And, of course, with the OAC rivalry there, they have that extra motivation. And, I mean, this JSU squad all year long, I mean, in this game, you saw it on the Mount game, they went down, I don't think they went down double digits, but they went down early, eight, eight or nine points, did not did not collapse at all, just stayed with it. And then even against Heidelberg here, you saw they went down ten points Early, or they went down more more than 10 points, down double digits in the first half, ended up capping off with a 13-0 run to cut, to cut the lead down to one in the half, and then outscored them 46-36 to in the second half, ended up winning by 10 points in a game that they were down double digits in the first half against a team like Heidelberg, who's 13-7, and 8-5 and in OIC. Um, just a great team that Heidelberg has, and an even better job by John Carroll to go down there and take care of business in the game that was... 
they knew from the beginning it was going to be a tough one. And you made a good point there, Brendan, about not only just about the crowd, because Deuce Zach, who is the manager of the men's basketball team, him and I were talking earlier today, and he said that that was a very hostile crowd down there. Those fans were really, really getting into it. And the fact that the Blue Streaks came out on top, uh, even in that environment, was, was impressive. But uh, I think what's even more impressive is some of the points that you mentioned earlier about how this team was down in the first half and they're able to come back in the second. And, and really, I mean, if I'm being honest, I think the Blue Streaks have are really kind of like a second-half team. <laughs> yeah. And they've been, especially the last couple games. I mean, you saw it against Mount Union. They were down last week in, in front of a really, really, uh, you know, a, a, a ruckus crowd at, at the Carlo Varsity Center. We just can't stop thinking about that crowd. And then even the Baldwin-Wallace game before yeah. that, where they were down a lot at the half, and then they ended up crawling back in the in the second half. So, uh, this is a team that they love their second half basketball. And if this if this team can, if they could focus even in the first half, I mean, th- this is a team that I think could really, you know, take some take some really really big strides as they've done all season. But particularly when it matters most, which is which is postseason basketball in the OEC tournament. And obviously, you love to see. I mean, obviously, people love to see the blowout wins. But mm-hmm. against, especially against games like this, as we get closer to the OAC tournament and the NCAA tournament, those games are always close, no matter what. It doesn't matter one seed, sixteen seed. Those games always close. Each team is bringing the fire. It's just super encouraging to see John Carroll taking that approach of even in these games that are tough. First half obviously didn't go well for them against Heidelberg. Same same way against Mount, and same way against Balt BW. All those games close, and JCU still just finding a way to win, and that's going to be that's what it's going to matter the most when we get here in the OAC tournament play and uh, NCAA tournament plays. That just who's going to have the most fire and who's going to have the most uh, grit to come out with these wins. And so far, John Carroll is just really showing that they have that fire in them that no matter what happens, they're not going to give up, and they just know deep down they're the better team that they're going to win the game. Quick look at the OAC standing so far: John Carroll sitting. In first, sole first place in the OAC with a 12 and one record in conference play, 18 and two of course overall. So the, right now they'd get the one seed because they did beat Mount Union, and uh, Mount has that 11 and two record with that loss to Heidelberg earlier in the year. So they're second right now, but there's a big gap between Mount, John Carroll and Mount Union at the top, and then Heidelberg and Marietta are tied for that third spot, and they're both eight and five in the conference, yeah. eight, 13 and seven overall, both of them as well. So. You know that John Carroll is either getting that number one seed or two seed, depending on what happens throughout the rest of the year. But, I mean, you look at the rest of the schedule, I don't see John Carroll losing a game this, you know, the last part of this regular season. I mean, the last, and there's now we're down to five games left. You get Marietta at home on senior day, a, a Marietta team that's very down for Marietta standards this year. Then you get Otterbein. Who they're seven and six. They're they're vouching for the fifth spot right now, and then the last three are road games at Ohio Northern. Now, granted, Ada the Blue Streaks have have overall struggled in in their history going to Ada. That is a very tough drive as always, but a very down Ohio Northern team this year, five and eight in the OAC. Then you get Baldwin Wallace on the road, which could which is probably going to be the toughest of all of these games. But again. Even with a hostile environment in Bria, I see. I still see the Blue Streaks coming out on top, and then a tough drive always to Wilmington. But Wilmington is two and eleven, six and fourteen overall. So, I, I the Blue Streaks, they focus up and they they know what they're supposed to do. They're going to win out these yeah. last five. Yeah, they control their own destiny. And they do. It's going to be not the. It should be five wins, but also some games here. Obviously, with OAC matchups, they're all going to be. 
some of them are going to be tough games. Not can't overlook any of these opponents, but what I see here should be should be five teams that they can definitely beat, and then hopefully we'll get some we'll definitely get some uh, home playoff games here for OAC tournament play. As I mentioned before, the final two home games of the regular season will take place the next two games, Saturday, February 4th at 2 p.m. against Marietta. A senior day, of course, always a a, a great atmosphere for those games, uh, no matter how bad Marietta is. Uh, they'll honor William Wallace and Eric Hanna, both the two seniors for the Blue Streaks, and then Otterbein at home on Wednesday, February 8th. That day is a 7 p.m. tip-off right here at the DiCarlo Varsity Center. So some really exciting Blue Streak hoops and uh, just what a really fun and awesome team. So please get down to the DiCarlo Varsity Center if you have not seen this team play. 18-2, and two, they're on pace for the best worst-to-first performance in Blue Streak history. Last year they were 8-18, and 18, now a 10-win a a difference yep. this year, and we're not even through the regular no. season. So. This is one of the most fun basketball teams I've mm-hmm. ever watched in my life. Through high school, watching NBA, college, just watching this team night in and night out is just <laughs> something special. And, I mean, that feeling that I had after the Mount win was, I've never had a feeling like that after watching a basketball game of just just amazement of how good this team can be. And We're, we're yet to see OAC tournament and, the Mar- and how, we, how they play down the NCAA tournament, but I think it's only up from here, and this team's full potential is going to be. I, I think at this point, it's pretty much a lock that John Carroll will at least go to the NCAA yeah. tournament um, because you know they're, they're number seven in the country right now. They actually moved up one spot in the last week's rankings uh, from eight to seven, yeah. and Mount Union, I believe, moved down just one spot to four. Um, just a lesson, folks: uh, the rankings do not matter, <laughs> in, in my opinion. <laughs> and uh, this is just you know you'd think that they would move up a little higher just based on the the number three win over Mount Union, but. Uh, you know, some some of the voters they vote uh, they vote for the same teams every week, and and not everyone is aware of different teams in each region. Kind of, Division one, you get a lot more exposure with TV and and and, uh, and news coverage and all that. Division three, not not as much. So I think that's maybe some of the reasons why they only moved up one spot. In case anyone's wondering, like like some people have texted me over the last couple of days, yeah. <laughs> why isn't John Carroll higher? Uh, in case anyone was wondering, I want to move on now to women's basketball. They're riding a little three-game winning streak, 11-8 and eight overall. Really good to see from a young team. And their game against Heidelberg was postponed due to some sicknesses on Heidelberg yesterday, which was February 1st. So the last game that they played was Capital on Saturday, January 28th. And that was a really, really good win at home at the DeCarlo RC Center, a 53-46 victory. And I know John Carroll had a really big lead at one point in that game. I think they were almost at 20 points. And then Capital made it a close one at the end, but being able to uh, for the Blue Streaks to pull that one off, and and really just I think overall good play. I mean, particularly on the defensive end, uh, that's really really good to see for a team that has struggled with defense overall this year, especially in OAC play. It's good that they finally got revenge on Capital after losing at the beginning of the year seventy four to the Comets. Yeah, I mean Almost that was a blowout. Loss, yeah, in in Columbus. Yep. And December tenth, able just to you know come back and win that one, Very uh, really really good. Three double digit scorers as well for for JCU. And Ava Rincar's thirteen points, eight rebounds, ten points, eight rebounds for Carmen Huker, who doesn't really score often. She's only had double digit points in only a handful of games this year. And then Kaylin Underwood, uh, twelve points as well for her. 
And how about the interesting storyline too with Maddie Petrowski? Uh, she came, she's a sophomore uh, from Walsh Jesuit. She came off. Uh, she was a starter for the entire year. The last couple of games, Beth Andrews has put her on the bench and has started in her place. Hallie Landy's, who's who's had a tremendous year of her, of her own. But the fact that Petrowski, I think she's. I mean, at least statistically, seems like she's handling that that job really well uh, coming off the bench, after, of course, after starting the entire year. So nine points, eight rebounds for her. Uh, re- really good to see. And, you know, they're, they're going to need some really good play down the stretch, um, especially if they want to get maybe one of those middle-of-the-pack seeds, uh, hopefully a four seed that they can at least host a game. So that'll be their next game is at Otterbein, Wednesday, February 8th. That's a 7 p.m. start. And then they head to Ohio Northern, the dreaded drive to Ada on Saturday, February 11th at 4 p.m. And then their uh, their one final home game that they have uh, this season, or the final two, actually, I, I uh, my mistake, Marietta on February 4th this Saturday. It's, an, it's alumni day as well, as well as yeah. senior day. So two seniors will be uh, honored, Kalen Underwood and Jalen Hoffman. The last two players from Coach Kelly Marone's recruiting class before Beth Andrews took over as head coach in 2020. And uh, Beth Andrews, an alum herself, class of 2015, she played four years for the Blue Streaks. This is something that she's really started to do um, last year. Not many women's teams do this here at JCU, but she has organized an alumni day where they will honor the alumni at halftime. And uh, it's a really good way to have uh, some of the uh, former John Carroll women's basketball players come to the game, watch the team kind of reconnect. And uh, I think I think really good for Beth Andrews to have a uh, have a game like that and honor everyone. Definitely, yeah, it'll be cool to see all the the mix of obviously the senior day festivities, but also the alumni in attendance get everyone back together and watch some good Saturday afternoon hoops. We're gonna move on now to men's. In women's track and field, and I gotta say, this Mr. Alex Phillip, he broke yet another record on Friday. He was the lone runner for the Blue Streaks at Boston University at the Terrier Classic over in Boston. He set a new Division Three record in the 3,000 meter indoor with a time of 753.24. He got third place in that race. The other two guys that, that were ahead of him professional runners with deals from Under Armour and yeah. Adidas. <laughs> and these guys aren't even representing a school. They're representing yeah. a brand. And the fact that Alex Phillip was basically, I think it was like a second or two that he got third place. So he was yeah. really neck and neck with these professional runners. Yeah. As I texted the great Jamie Daly, who a former five-year runner for JCU, I texted him the Beast Feasts. And that yeah. is exactly what Alex Phillip pretty much yeah. does every time he steps on the track. Lots of great runners in that one. I remember looking at the leaderboard, you saw, I mean, mal- tons of D1 runners, and then I laughed about it when I saw like the Under Armour logo next mm-hmm. to him, and I, those are professional runners. And then you see Alex Phillip with the John Carroll logo next to him, and it's just so awesome to see. This was the same track at Boston University where Alex Phillip with Ian Pearson, Caleb Correa, and Garrett Clark, they set a Division Three record in the distance medley relay, the DMR, last year as well, so Twice Alex Philip has set Division Three records, or has at least been a part of a Division Three record. That was nine, a time of nine forty one fifty six in Boston last year. Uh, so back to back, you know, he just loves that track of getting that national record. So yeah. Philip also was named Co NCAA D three National yeah. Athlete of the Week. This is the second year in a row he's earned that, and 
his third time earning that award in his career, which is just truly a remarkable capping off his career here as we come to the end of the indoor track season and then outdoor track. But just truly a remarkable career for him. Like with Alex, it's it's not only the greatest runner in John Carroll history, he could very well be the greatest runner in Division Three history. I mean, he's already a six-time national champion. Cross-country, indoor track, outdoor track combined. He still has opportunities to win the national championship in indoor. Same with outdoor. Yep. So, and it's just, I think, and I know Kyle Basista won't like me for saying this, but I think I think it's a big credit to what, what Kyle has done to help Alex. I mean, putting him on the right training plan. This is a guy that his main sport in high school was soccer. He just ran on weekends just you know, just to stay in shape kind of thing uh, with for the cross-country team at St. Vincent, St. Mary's in Akron. So the fact that Kyle Basista has molded Alex into the runner that he is, putting him on the right plan as well, individualized plans. You can go back and listen to that episode that I interviewed Kyle Basista. We talked all about that, his approach to coaching the runners here at John Carroll. The fact that he uh, really did not start running fully until – freshman year of college, the fact that he is now perhaps the greatest runner in Division Three history speaks to the coach, Mr. Kyle Basista, and uh, I know that he'll just say that, you know, it's all, you know, Alex is the one that does all the work, but I think Kyle deserves a lot of credit for that as well. A couple other uh, uh, men's and women's track uh, accomplishments as well, that we had some runners at Youngstown State. A lot of the runners were at the Dr. Taraski Team Challenge, which was at Baldwin Wallace last Saturday. And we had a couple of other runners at Wittenberg at the Steamer Showcase uh, in Springfield as well. Many of the throwers were over at the Taraski Challenge. Zach Safarski leading the way with a fourth place toss, 14.29 meters. And then uh, more of the runners were at Wittenberg. Uh, nice PR for John Shoemaker. For third place with the time of 4:18:45, and Matt Costanzo also in eighth place. That was in the uh, that was in the 3,000, and Jimmy Cartsonis also with a nice uh, long jump mark of 6.80. That's a, that was good for second place. His teammate Corey Minton, who actually is one of the top 30 in the triple jump this season in all of Division Three. He came in with a mark of 14.23 for second place as well. And Caleb Correa, another PR in his event, the 800 meter. That is what he is really strong at. Third place in that time as well, 152.22. And then on the women's side, there were some that uh, same sort of deal with with men's. Uh, some were at Baldwin-Wallace, some were at Wittenberg. Others were at Youngstown State. And... There was uh, Caroline Beery. How about her at uh, the Dr. Tarasky Challenge at Baldwin Wallace? She reset her own school record in the pole vault. She had three point five six meters for the blue streaks. And she, Caroline, she's she's a um, a field athlete that got hurt at the beginning of her career, uh, and then the the COVID year happened, and then you know nobody competed then, and then she was out all of twenty twenty one, and then she came back last season. And um, you know was was competing at an all OAC level, so uh, you know battling a lot of the injuries and and, and all that. Uh, it's it's really good to see that she's back in, in full swing uh, for JCU as well. I know they have a couple other uh, freshman throwers and freshman field vendors like Brooklyn Beakfield uh, as well. 
And then Wittenberg, a lot, lot more of the runners were there. Uh, Morgan Edwards, how about this? Uh, third place for her in the 5,000 meter, 1840-46 for her new PR. Amanda Kime in fourth place in that event as well. Erica Esper, who set the indoor mile, the John Carroll indoor mile record a couple weeks ago at Youngstown State, she had a PR in the 3,000 meter with a time of 10:52:59. Abby Schroff, freshman cross country runner who ran at nationals this past year, she got in sixth place in the 3,000. 10:19:47 was her time. Genevieve Arnold, another one, fifth place in the 60 meter hurdles, 9.65 seconds. She is an incredible athlete. Also does the triple jump as well. She won that event with a time, with a mark of five forty five point four two. Or uh, she's from Orchard Park, where the Bills play. Of course, Brendan is from Buffalo, yeah. as well as I forgot to mention before, and uh, also Genevieve Arnold, fourth place in the triple jump, ten point seven four meters, as well. Really hoping to see her. Uh, get to nationals. I know she was really close a couple years ago. She was just only like a couple of centimeters off <laughs> from 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 a from the uh, mark that that needed to qualify for for nationals. So hopefully, uh, you know, she can she can get there this season as well. Wrestling with uh, with a fourth place finish at the Pete Wilson Invitational that was at Wheaton College in Wheaton, Illinois, outside of Chicago. This is an event that they've been going to for over forty years. A real test. For the Blue Streaks every single season. It is one of the biggest meets in all of Division Three wrestling. Patrick McGraw leading the way for the Blue Streaks at 157. He got his 100th win this year. And, and me being a former wrestler, 100 wins is a really big deal, especially at the college level. And it's good to see that for McGraw because McGraw is a true senior. And you know, he barely competed his sophomore year because of the COVID year, and there there was only a handful of meets that year. So the fact that he's reached that in pretty much just three seasons of competition, um, quite impressive there. The the uh, the native of Saint Ignatius High School from Chardon, not too far from here as well. So he went undefeated on the day. The only wrestler to go undefeated. He had a seven four decision over Gabe Smith from Cornell College. Uh, to win the 157 crown, uh, Andrew Perelka, he uh, you know the defending All American, second place at nationals at 133 last year. He got second place at 133. Eighth, he opened with the 8-3 decision before, and then he had uh, three straight wins by pin, 30 seconds, 28 seconds, and then in four minutes and 42 seconds. So yeah, he you know he still has that single season pin record. We talked about it a couple podcasts ago. Uh, you know he has uh, he broke his own record actually. Well, career pins and single season pins. He just broke his own record. He had sixteen earlier as well. And then Jesse Canetzar, another another one that uh, highlighted the blue streaks. He got sixth place at one ninety seven. Sophomore from Talmadge. He's gotten better since last season as well. I believe I'm sorry. He's a junior, and he opened with an 18 nothing Tech fall, and then a pin with five and a half minutes in in five and a half minutes, and then he lost to the eventual champion Demetrius Henry of Cortland from New York, and he's ranked number 11 in the in the country at that weight class as well. So overall, like I said, the Pete Wilson, or I'm sorry, yes, the Pete Wilson Invitational is. One um, that the Blue Streaks look forward to going to every year, and, and, and that you have some of the top wrestlers in the country at that. So, 
Uh, I, I would say Mark Haywald is, is probably pretty happy with a fourth place finish at that meet for sure. And last but certainly not least for the sports that competed this weekend, men's and women's swimming. Men's swimming getting wins over Baldwin Wallace and Wilmington 133 to 63 and Wilmington 163 to 42 as well. And women's same sort of deal, both wins there. The big highlight for John Carroll in the Baldwin Wallace meet and in Berea was Jonathan Samoes, Johnny Samoes, breaking the Baldwin Wallace pool record in the 200 backstroke. He came in there with a time of 155. And I know that was some of the guys, because uh, I went I went down with them, and some of the guys were looking at the record board, the pool record board, and was like, man, I can I can beat that record that, today. And sure enough, uh, Johnny Samoa is one of the hardest workers on that swim team, senior, uh, was able to get that. Liam McDonald also won OAC Swimmer of the Week. He's won that award, I believe, three times yeah. this year as well. He, he is going down as one of the greatest swimmers in John Carroll history. I believe he is a 17-time OAC champion, and we haven't even had his senior year yet. Uh, he has a fifth-year option if he wants to take it as well. Same with Jonah Venos, his teammate, both from Brother Rice High School in the Detroit area. And uh, also on the men's side, one more, Aiden Holzman had a heck of a day. He won the 1,000 free in the... Uh, the the match against Wilmington, and then he got second place in that same event against Baldwin Wallace, a guy that doesn't really swim a whole lot, but able to to get uh, some placement there for the Blue Streaks as well. And on the women's side, Marin Dolzio, she won OAC Swimmer of the Week, the freshman sensation. I gotta say, she really reminds me, and if anyone out there uh, listen uh, listening remembers, uh, she really reminds me of Gwen Ledrick, and we've had Gwen Ledrick on a lot of times on the podcast. One of the greatest women swimmers in John Carroll history, class of 2021, my grade. And I got to say, just really tall, strong swimmer. Kind of looks like her as well. Very similar styles of swimming, I think, Marin and, and Gwen Ledrick. So uh, so Marin, probably the future Gwen Ledrick for JCU. She won the 500 free against uh, Baldwin Wallace. And she also won a couple of events against Wilmington as well as they ce- as they celebrated Senior Day against the Quakers, 17 seniors on the men's and women's side as well. And uh, in a couple weeks, we'll have some swimmers on to talk about the OAC Championships, which will be at Akron on February 15th through 18th. A couple of swimmers next week will go to Ohio State, and they'll be at the OSU Winter Invite. That's just to get a time uh, just for a couple of swimmers, just to see if they – it's kind of like a a last-minute meet to see if any of them can qualify for that B-cut for Nationals to at least get into the at-large conversation. Of course, an A-cut time means that you automatically qualify if you hit a certain time. A B-cut time, if you hit that, means you're in consideration for – a trip to nationals. So many of the blue streaks have already qualified for nationals with that B cut time. And uh, they're just looking for a couple more possibly with some great performances at OAC at the OAC swim championships this year. And one more sport last, but certainly not least after swimming, I do apologize, but men's tennis did play and they went to Denison and they lost nine Oh in both games that they played Denison, the number 12 team in the country, 
Um, the blue streaks a little bit rebuilding. Uh, didn't have as as good of a year last year as as some thought. Um, but new uh, new head coach Walt o- uh, Walt Odin uh, now taking over the ranks for the men's and women's program. I know he's got a lot of tennis experience in the Cleveland area from California as well. Uh, he'd be a great guy to uh, that we could possibly have on one day uh, as well. Women's they just uh, they just scrimmaged Denison that day, and then they'll. Uh, their first meet of the season will be February 4th at Walsh University, which is a Division II school outside of Canton in Ohio, our south. Men's tennis uh, will also compete against them as well. And some other news in athletics. John Carroll, they have a new defensive coordinator hiring Tom Kaufman, class of 2001. And he was the former defensive coordinator at Kent State mm-hmm. from 2018 to 2021. Really good to have an alumni back and a guy with a lot of Division One experience. Even before that, he was the linebackers coach at Syracuse, linebackers coach at Eastern Illinois from 2012 yeah. to 2013. So, Those were the same years yeah. when Jimmy Garoppolo was there before he went to the NFL. Yeah. So I'm sure he had some battles against him some other at practice. There. Spent some mm-hmm. seasons at Mississippi State, University of Kansas, then even University of Texas, so... He's got lots of experience, and obviously the JCU connection. Um, he had a tremendous career at JCU. Tallied career 211 tackles, 17 TFLs, 17 passes defended, and 18 quarterback hurries during his career. He won both All-OAC all and Academic All-OAC, stu- and he was an All-Academic OAC student-athlete, so obviously quite the resume here at JCU, and you know they, bring, they love bringing back um, JCU alums, and I think it's just a great fit. It's obvious that he wanted to come back, too. I mean, I could just tell from the yeah. quotes. And you can go on jcsports.com to read the, the press release that we had. But, I mean, no better coach, in my opinion, to replace Coach Jeff Long, who's moved on to become the head coach at Moravian University uh, outside of uh, kind of north of Philadelphia. Um, but I think I think it's a home run hire. I mean, just right off – I mean, just in terms of Division One experience, you don't get many coaches, not only just at John Carroll, but – Really, any school in Division Three that that can have yeah. that much, and the fact that he's really wi- he was really willing to come back, and he he always wanted to coach at John Carroll at some yeah. point. Great hire by by Jeff Behrman, the new head coach, and uh, just really looking forward to seeing what he can do to to keep up that that really great defensive tradition that we have at John Carroll, yep. and hoping to get him and Coach Jeff Behrman on uh, at some point on the Street Center this spring. Last piece of news before we close out, Michelle Morgan, Senior Director of Athletics here at John Carroll, has decided to leave JCU, leave University Heights. She is going to be the commissioner of the of the AHA and CHA, their Division I hockey conferences. So there's only a couple there's only a handful of Division I hockey conferences mm-hmm. in the country just because there's not many schools that have it. But uh, you know, Michelle, she arrived on campus in 2018. You know, she really helped uh, get the field house, um, you know, plans going and and updating some of the some of the facilities, uh, especially in the gym, updating the blue gold room. Uh, you know, handling the the whole thing with with uh, President Mikiak becoming president and and that that transition. She's also been very involved in the um, NCAA. She's uh, been on some councils in Division Three and. Uh, spoke at different conventions and, and all that as well. The Blue Streaks have won multiple all-sports trophies in the OAC during her tenure. 
She's also raised money, uh, over $160,000 for uh, the Day of Giving for Athletics, which is something that has become really popular the last couple years. Uh, Day of Giving for uh, different sports here. And, uh, you know, uh, kind of like a fundraising goal for each, if you will. And then she was uh, she won an honorary ESPY this past summer for Female Administrator of the Year via ESPN Cleveland. ESPY, yeah. of course, is like the awards that ESPN gives out. They have a big ceremony for the big ones uh, every July uh, So in Los Angeles. So um, Lots, yeah. of, lots yeah. of high praise for her and obviously well-deserved. So just big congrats to her for taking the big step up. And, yeah. Wishing all the best. So we will be hiring a new athletic director coming soon. And uh, make sure to follow JCU Sports on Twitter and Streak Center at JCU or at Streak Center JCU for all the latest updates on John Carroll Athletics, JCUSports.com as well for all the live stats and live video links as well. Brendan, thank you so much for joining us, and it was a real pleasure having you on, and uh, really, really happy you're able to join us. Yeah. And, and and you will be on some future episodes yeah. as well. Yeah, so. thank you so much for having me. No, I'm super excited to start getting this going, and obviously, I'll be more comfortable the more I'm on here. But just a big thank you to you, and I'm super excited to continue doing this with you. Thanks again, folks, for tuning in, and be sure to tune in next week only on the Story Center Podcast. <laughs>